Recession and inflation are here. Gas, housing, and everyday goods are up, way up. And you want to be ready for any situation. So what would you do if there's no food on the shelf? Arc Heirloom Seeds are here to help. Did you know 99% of seeds sold today can't reproduce? With Heirloom Seeds, you only have to plant once. Then you can grow year after year, giving you and your family stability and security because things are getting crazy out there. Our all-in-one seed kit provides everything you need to grow your own food. This premium seed kit has over 65 varieties, 50,000 seeds in stores for 15 years. You'll also get our exclusive seed guide to make growing a no-brainer. Arc Seed Kits is a family-owned and operated business and the most trusted name in the nation for over 15 years. Our mandate is to get heirloom seeds into every home in America. Go to arcseedkits.com today and get free shipping by entering promo code podcast. That's ARKseedkits.com, promo code podcast. Get your seeds, get prepared, get growing. Arcseedkits.com. Make sure to go to TimCast.com, click join us and become a member to support this podcast and all the work we do, and you'll get access to exclusive uncensored segments from TimCast IRL and way more. Now, let's jump into the first story. Last night, the unofficial word came down. Ron DeSantis has launched his presidential campaign. Now, not legally, that announcement comes today in an interview with Elon Musk, which is supposed to be big, he's doing his announcement on Twitter. But for all of us, we now know with Casey DeSantis publishing a video with the news coming out, Ron DeSantis has informally declared that he is running for the presidency. Now, of course, Trump supporters are roasting Ron DeSantis. Trump himself has been roasting Ron DeSantis. And I'm going to come right out and tell you, there are a lot of people running for the presidency. A lot of people I think have no chance of winning. I do not think Ron DeSantis will win. I, I, I don't. That's where I'm at right now. I don't know for sure. There's no way to predict the variables that'll happen in the campaign. But based on the data I have available to me right now, I don't think he's going to win. There's a, there's a poll, actually several polls, that show either DeSantis beating or losing to Joe Biden. So it's, a real, it's really a coin toss. You factor in that information, and then you, you factor in that Donald Trump's base ain't going to get behind Ron DeSantis. I don't see how he wins. I like the guy. I think he's the best governor in the country. I think he should be president, maybe later on down the road. I think the president we need right now is somebody's going to go in and schedule F, fire all of the bureaucrats and purge the corruption. There's no guarantees that Trump does that. But I think Trump is more likely to do it because he wants revenge. Now, looking at all these polls, looking at Trump freaking out, I think there is a concern among many people that Ron DeSantis does stand a chance. It, it may be a coin toss, and that could disrupt Trump's chances of winning. What we need right now is everyone to be unified behind one candidate. But I don't think it's all a bad thing. I think Ron DeSantis getting on that stage debating with Trump will be good across the board. A lot of Democrats are like, this is going to be entertaining. But you know, my attitude is, I think the debate will be healthy. I think Donald Trump will stand up. Ron DeSantis will bring up a bunch of issues. And I think it will be a good thing in the end. I think Trump will end up winning the primary and we'll see if he wins the general. But I got to I got to hand it to Vanity Fair and many members of the media. Their absolute freak out is beautiful. Best, best leaven, you absolute treasure. Please never stop. Never stop. You see this headline? You're probably for those that are watching on YouTube, you're 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 already laughing. Here we go. Ron DeSantis will formally announce his 2024 bid with Elon Musk 
because apparently David Duke wasn't available. Oh man, these people, their brains are, are, are oatmeal. It's just mush in their heads. They like, I, I love this. They have beaten the white supremacy horse to the point where it is a pink paste on the ground. And you can't even figure out that it used to be a horse. They've beaten the dead horse so much. They've molded it down into a fine paste pink slime. Okay. When Donald Trump was running for president, they were trying to get clicks and they were trying to smear him at the same time. So they tried playing this Trump's racist thing over and over again. But you can only write those articles so many times before people stop caring, right? Uh, Trump is mean. It was Trump racist. Trump is racist. Trump is the biggest racist. Trump is the worst racist. Trump is almost as bad as Hitler. Trump is Hitler. That's what they kept doing. They have come to the point now where as we enter the 2024 cycle, they have nothing to say to Ron DeSantis other than he, Elon Musk is David Duke, noted grand wizard of the Klan. I love that. Elon Musk is comparable to a grand wizard. Are, are you kidding me? <laughs> oh, I love the media breakdown. Oh, and there's more. There's more. We have this. Um, Bill Crystal says, I tend perhaps foolishly to discount the alpha beta male stuff, but DeSantis was always on Fox when Rupert was for him. Now he announces on Twitter when Elon's for him. Kind of beta, no? Trump does CNN Town Hall, goes into the pseudo lion's den, looks kind of alpha, no? Dave Riaboy says, DeSantis entering the race leads to strange new respect for Trump from the most unlikely places. Yo, their brains are exploding. All right. Many of you have maybe uh, have already seen the launch video, but for context, as we talk about Ron DeSantis running for president, I want to play the video from Casey DeSantis so you can uh, see it for yourself. Actually, let me just uh, zoom in here a little bit so you can see the video better. And Casey DeSantis tweets, America is worth the fight every single time. And without further ado, here is their announcement video. They call it faith because in the face of darkness, you can see that brighter future. A faith that our best days lay ahead of us. But is it worth the fight? Do I have the courage? Is it worth the sacrifice? America has been worth it every single time. And then it says, text launch to 512345 for more information. Well, it doesn't say for more information. It says text launch to. So uh, it's fair to say Casey DeSantis also responded to a story from Fox News about this, that uh, big if true was the was the report or was the tweet. Yeah, everybody's basically reported this with that video out. They have basically announced DeSantis is running for president. We knew this was going to happen. He's been campaigning across the country. So here we go. The question is, can he win? Well, I'll come back to this David Duke being compared, uh, Elon Musk being compared to David Duke in a second. But I want to talk about uh, whether or not he can win. First, let me show you this great tweet from Ed Krasenstein. You love the Krasensteins, right? Well, he's actually showing us what Donald Trump had to say. You gave me his thoughts. He says, moments ago, Donald Trump attacked Ron DeSantis, whom will formally announce his candidacy today on Twitter. Uh, I'll just pause right there and say brilliant, brilliant move on the part of DeSantis. The weird Bill Crystal thing calling him a beta. He's got an excellent opportunity with Twitter spaces. Tim Cast is investing in a Twitter spaces show 
Well, I'll have more information on that later. But uh, I do think Twitter is an excellent place, an excellent opportunity for posting content. We've seen the Daily Wire announce they're putting all their shows on Twitter. There's an excellent opportunity here. If Elon Musk can pull it off, I completely agree. We've been working on a Twitter spa- a, 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 a show for Twitter spaces uh, for some time, and we have some plans, but we're making a dedicated show. It's not just going to be a show that we put everywhere. It's going to be a show for Twitter spaces and uh, uh, Twitter memberships, but we'll, we'll have more information when we can formally announce that. Here's what Trump said. Ron DeSantis, okay, I just got to pause. I'm sorry. DeSwamptis, okay, if you're going to attack Ron DeSantis as a neocon getting money from the establishment, it's Ron DeSwamptis. Now, I don't personally believe he's DeSwamptis just because he's worked with these people. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Let me read. Ron DeSantis can't win the general election or get the nomination because he voted to obliterate Social Security, even wanting to raise the minimum age to 70 or more. Vote voted to badly wound Medicare and fought hard and voted for a 23 percent tax on everything sales tax. He was and is a disciple of horrible rhino Paul Ryan and others too many uh, to mention. Also, he desperately needs a personality transplant. And to the best of my knowledge, they're not medically available yet. A disloyal person. Is anyone else just super excited for all of the entertainment that the Republican primary season will bring? Asks Ed Krasenstein. We still have almost 15 months before the primaries end. I remember Ted Cruz. Lion Ted. He's a lion Ted, he called him. And then uh, after the primary, he was lion. Okay, from lying to lion, roar. Get it? Ah, oh, it's just so brilliant. So what are they going to say about Ron DeSantis when he invariably loses the primary and then jumps over to the Trump camp and says, so, so look, here's my view. Ron DeSantis, probably going to lose. I think the debate stage will be incredible. I really, really, really hope we say we see Vivek Ramaswamy up there. That dude is on point. And I think in a debate, Vivek will run circles around both of these men. So we will see if the RNC entertains a Vivek on stage. Yo, Vivek is sharp. Very, very sharp guy. Young dude, sharp, knows all about this stuff. Don't personally think he can win. I, I, that's just me. And I could be wrong because you never know. I mean, a lot of people thought Trump couldn't win. But my prediction would not be for uh, Vivek to win. But I think, I think if there's anything that comes out of his presidency, it's going to be grabbing the ESG conversation and jamming it right into this machine, which is one of the most important things we can do. Now, that being said, DeSantis has talked about ESG. I believe he's banned uh, the state from working with ESG corporations. So it's not like the, the, the conversation isn't there. Here's what I think Trump's challenge is. In 2016, you go back, you watch these old videos. Trump was a master. It was incredible. You called women fat pigs only Rosie O'Donnell. And everybody goes, woo, that's clapping and cheering. It was hilarious. You're cruising down the highway. Windows rolled down. Tunes blasting from the radio. You're in the zone and living the dream. Suddenly, your car sputters, coughs, and throws a wrench in your whole day. Tow trucks, repair bills, the dream turns into a nightmare. Don't wait until car trouble steals your peace of mind. Visit CarShield now at carshield.com Carlson. For nearly 20 years, CarShield has helped millions of drivers avoid the stress of major repairs. They offer plans covering up to 5,000 parts and systems, from your engine and transmission to electronics and more. 
all for a low monthly rate that fits your budget. CarShield plans also include unlimited miles, 24-7 roadside assistance, and rental options. Get peace of mind now. Visit CarShield online at carshield.com slash carlson. Join millions of customers and contact CarShield now to save 20%. Visit carshield.com slash carlson. That's carshield.com slash carlson. Visit now. I watched a clip, I think Pasobic tweeted it, where he says that we were lied into the Iraq war by your brother, Jeb, and there were no weapons of mass destruction, and there's booing. Trump entered the, the Republican Party and brought along 9 million Barack Obama voters. He may have lost a bunch of neocons who went running full speed to the Democrat Party because they want war, but Trump was able to light up parts of this country that hadn't voted in a long time because he seemed to be that guy. You know, for once, we had someone who was not a politician, somebody who should be leading this country. Now, for all of his faults, it's just we're sick of the smarmy political class. Now, in my view, Ron DeSantis avoids that, right? He's not like Mitt Romney. He's not like these stodgy garbage politicians who look like they're made of plastic like Gavin Newsom. No, DeSantis uh, has something more authentic and unique, but it's still a bit vanilla yogurt. I think Ron DeSantis is one of the best, if not the best politician this country has. And I mean that with all sincerity. I would love for this man to be president. And maybe one day he will. Maybe that day is actually in this cycle. I don't know. Here's what I see. I see an establishment. I see swamp monsters. And I don't see DeSantis going in and firing everybody. Now, he did fire that one DA, which causes this this big hubbub. And many people said, like, he actually did it. Trump didn't do it. Fair point. Fair point. If Ron DeSantis is the nominee, no question he has my vote. No question. I think Ron DeSantis, in terms of policy, is better than Donald Trump. I don't know so much about foreign policy. I think uh, a lot of people have pointed out DeSantis has done a really great job as it, uh, as it uh, pertains to foreign policy. It is a myth that he has no foreign policy experience. I mean, the dude was a, he was a, I think he was a JAG lawyer in the Navy. So there is some worldly experience there, hands down. I mean, whether or not you're deployed or not, this is the kind of experience we do want from a commander in chief. I think military experience in any, any form is just like absolutely, uh, in my opinion, a prerequisite. And Donald Trump doesn't have that. But I'll tell you why I lean towards Donald Trump right now. It's not because of policy. I think Trump screwed up a lot on policy. Foreign policy, the best I've seen in my life, no question. It's the craziest thing to me to see all these people rag on Donald Trump and say he was so bad and so awful. And I'm just like, there. when I saw Trump walk into North Korea, and he did, NBC News footage, just go watch it. He crossed the DMZ into North Korea, surrounded by North Korean troops with no security detail. And I said, that is leadership. It's a bold move. They could have taken the president of the United States. They're not going to do it, though, (laughs) because we go to war. Trump knew this. He knew we had all the leverage and he knew he could make a, a gesture of goodwill and peace with North Korea. I think it was tremendous. There is no argument against what Trump did. It is an iconic moment that were it not for the psychotic deep state 
and imperial U.S. politician and corporate class that want to blow up the world or conquer it. And we're not for those psychotic, evil people. We would be writing that day down as one of the greatest days in history. We could potentially bring an end to the ongoing war in the Korean Peninsula. I believe that Donald Trump is elected. If he's elected, he ends the Ukraine war in less than 24 hours. In fact, I believe the moment Trump gets elected, the war stops. Genuinely believe it. I could be wrong. I'm not. I can't see the future. There's a lot of variables. What I mean to say is not that he gets elected and then all of a sudden the Ukrainians and the Russians throw down their arms and hug each other. I mean that if if it on election night, they say Donald Trump is the winner of the 2024 election. Russia is going to say, hold back. We're going to have a conversation with this man. We don't know what the Biden administration will do in those couple of months after the election should Trump win. But I think you'll see two things. You'll see Zelensky saying we are about to lose all support we have for this war. So we need to shore up defenses and prepare our borders instead of incursions. And Russia is going to say, let's chill out and talk with the Trump camp because this war is coming to an end. I really believe that Trump's going to go in and say, you both lose. But this is the end. And Russia is going to get something out of this. And all of these these neo-lib neocon types are like, no, Russia gets everything, even Crimea. Nice try, buddy. That ain't how war works. That's not how negotiations work. You don't walk into a business meeting and say, we want everything and we will get it. Because then you're like, okay, you go fight. Good luck. Now you walk into a business meeting and you say, you know, I want $100 for, for this deal. And they say, you're getting 50. And then what? You start slinging lawyers at each other? No, you say, okay, 75 it is. And we both leave a little unhappy, but the deal goes through. Russia wants Crimea. It's a warm water port. They got their, their uh, naval base there. They're not giving that up. So they're likely going to get Crimea and they're going to get some guarantees. They may even get pieces of the Donbass, but it ends the war and it stops World War Three. The deep state, the imperial, the, the, the Biden, the, the corporatists, no, they want to crush Russia in its entirety and wipe them out. We've already seen the incursion in Belgorod. I digress. I think Trump gets in and he says, we are ending this now, no matter what, cease fire first, get on the phone. We're talking this done. We're done. And he's going to go to Zelensky and say, you're not getting any more money from us. It's over. And he's going to go to Russia and say, if you do not respect this, we will nuke you. I genuinely think it's over. Now, can Ron DeSantis navigate that? I don't know. I don't know. I'm not going to besmirch Ron DeSantis on foreign policy. We don't know. His policy is so dang good. I I have no reason to believe that he would do wrong by foreign policy. I think Ron DeSantis is not too good to be true. A lot of people are like, oh, it's too good to be. He's not. Ron DeSantis has great policies. He has enacted tons of really great policies. He has attracted people to Florida. He wins by a million votes, clearly doing something right. But in terms of charisma and stature, he ain't there. So for the people who are like, Ron DeSantis is too good to be true. I'm like, nah, you know, a a tall, suave dude in sunglasses, six foot three, you know, smarmy and charming or whatever you want to call it. Smarmy to some, charming to others with perfect policies. Yeah, I mean, some seems off. Ron DeSantis, he doesn't he, he doesn't have that presidential gravitas. Again, no disrespect. I don't think he's too good to be true. I think he's exactly what we'd expect in, 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 a, in a presidential run right now. A guy who's got really great policies, but doesn't come off as, with all due respect, presidential. 
But if he was president, I would be very, very happy. Let's bring it down to what I think really matters in this whole conversation. Donald Trump wants revenge. He said the biggest threat is not China. It's the deep state. I'm paraphrasing. I think Ron DeSantis gets in and he says, listen, we're not doing this, but let's work together and maybe make some changes and figure out how we can work, you know, on, on making this country better. Many people uh, in the deep state might say, OK, fine, fine. We'll work with you, DeSantis. We'll calm things down. But they are still going to push for psychotic nonsense, war, etc., and they will remain a parasite on this country. Donald Trump, on the other hand, gets in and says, the first thing I'm doing, you are all fired. Get out of my country. Okay, not kicking him out of the country, but I just really wanted to say country in the Donald Trump voice. No, I think he goes in and says, you're fired. You're fired. You're under arrest. You're under arrest. That's the executive branch. I want to see a perp walk. I want to see these corrupt politicians expelled. I want to see the criminal actions prosecuted. I want to see equality under the law. I do not believe Ron DeSantis is the guy who's going to go in and start issuing criminal referrals. His DOJ, I should say. The DeSantis administration does not come off like an administration that's going to bring on an AG who says criminal indictments in every direction. I have no guarantee that Donald Trump will. But I look at it like this. Trump is the tip of the spear. And Ron DeSantis, maybe many other parts of that spear that are really great. But Trump's the tip. Trump may not go in and do everything we need a good policymaker to do. But he is likely to go in and schedule F and fire so many people. See, this time around for Trump, it's revenge. I want to see it. I want to see the firing of so many of these people. I want to see the prosecution of those who engaged in criminal subversion and seditious conspiracy. And they did. We got the proud boys. Oh, they, they, they were like, we're going to be there in D.C. at some point. We don't know when. And they're like, that's a conspiracy to overthrow the United States. It's like, shut up. Like January, nobody even, what came in January 6th? There were, there, there were people there who were armed. Don't get me wrong. It was, I, I previously had, had said that there, there weren't. But uh, later on, corrected that because I have seen the reporting showing there were some people who were armed there. No, no question. I don't know if they ever went in the building, the people who were armed. But we did see people outside with, with guns. But what was their plan? They walked around clueless. Half the people didn't even know what was going on. And then you had a riot in the front. I do not think there was any real attempt to overthrow the government. And if it was, it was a bunch of random yokels who had no real plan and didn't know what they were doing. But you know what? Lock them up. Trump gave the perfect answer. They said, would you pardon these people? He goes, well, some of these people should not be pardoned. They were violent. And Trump issued half an hour after the breach of the Capitol, be peaceful, no violence, no violations. But for the people who are bumbling around, not a seditious conspiracy. All right. Now, as for those who went on TV and said, I have evidence that Trump is a Soviet agent or something like that, they, they, that's sedition. To undermine the United States by claiming our sitting president was a, was a foreign spy to claim you had the evidence over and over again when you didn't and you were lying. How is that not a seditious conspiracy? Defrauding the public to undermine the U.S. government. Lock them up. Now, the outrage from the left will be fun. The weird defense of Trump will be fun. I wonder. I do think that many Trump supporters are angry with DeSantis because Trump helped DeSantis win. 
And we don't know if he, he barely won the first time. That, I think, is the is the first reason why so many Trump supporters are angry. But I do think many Trump supporters are actually worried DeSantis could win. He's he splits the, the Republican faction. A lot of Republicans don't want Donald Trump. A lot of moderates don't want Donald Trump. Me? Look, man, I'm a realist. I think Trump is likely to win. I think DeSantis does an amazing job. I think he is the best politician in this country. Trump is not really a politician. But Trump's got to get back on that game. He's got to get off of the they stole it from this is what they took from me and they lied and they cheated. And he needs to get back to this is what they stole from you. Trump needs to make his entire 2024 pitch. In 2019, we gave you the best economy this country has ever seen. The numbers were impressive. Unemployment was down. Record lows, they say. That's what they told me. And since Sleepy Joe came in, it has been the worst, the worst. That's what he needs to say. He says, when I was president, you had the best numbers of your lives, the best numbers. And then when Joe Biden got in, it all fell apart. They stole it from you. That's what he needs to say. Let me bring back the shining city on the hill like I did in 2019. Have you seen the price of gold lately? It's hitting all time highs. And when it comes to investing in gold, check out Noble Gold Investments. They have a track record of excellence that's second to none. Just look at their thousands of five-star reviews on Trustpilot, Google, and the Better Business Bureau. Customers rave about their knowledgeable staff, smooth investment process, and life-changing results, which you can see for yourself online. That's the kind of reputation you can count on. But it's not just about the reviews. Noble Gold Investments truly care about their clients. They take the time to understand your unique needs and goals, and they give expert guidance every step of the way. That level of personalized service is rare in this industry. Look, when it comes to securing your financial future, you can't afford to take chances. Go with the gold company that has earned the trust of countless investors. Visit noblegoldinvestments.com slash Tim Pool today and discover why Noble Gold Investments is the only choice for smart, secure gold investments. Or call them at 877-646-5347. Again, that's 877-646-5347. If Trump just keeps coming out and says they stole it from me, then he's going to lose. An absurd proposition. DeSantis has that, has that advantage, and I believe that's likely where they will go after Trump. They know he cannot resist January 6th talk and, and 2020 election stuff. But I tell you this, if Donald Trump comes out and says, this is what they took for you from you, America. I think then it's just a landslide. That's the message right there. We'll see, ladies and gentlemen. I'm excited for what happens later today. Should be a fun show tonight at uh, Timcast IRL. But uh, stick around. The next segment's coming up at 1 p.m. on this channel, and I will see you all then. Maybe it's just because conservatives tend to be a few steps behind liberals, but we're starting to see conservative boycotts work and work really, really well. Target is the latest target of a major backlash after having prominent LGBT displays, which included tuck friendly clothing and satanic imagery. There was one like I think it was it was a keychain or something, Baphomet, and it said Satan respects pronouns or something. Now everybody's freaking out. The left is outraged because Target announced they're going to be pulling a bunch of these items. 
There's apparently statements. I don't know who's making them. Some of these stories are getting deleted where they're like threats against our staff. Apparently, the actual reporting is confrontations. Let me tell you what actually seems to be happening. I say seems because, you know, look, this is, this is somewhat speculative. We saw Matt Walsh say boycott Target. They are doing something worse than Bud Light. They are marketing this stuff to kids. They have like babies onesies for sexual orientation, which is just really weird to put on a baby. It's just very weird. And so he says boycott. A lot of people say boycott. Here's what I think happens. Target says that their their staff are facing threats or something like that. I don't know if I believe that, but how much do you want to bet? Regular people who don't pay attention to any of this stuff walked into Target and said, what's this? And then went to a staffer and said, why are you selling this stuff to babies? I'm willing to bet they're pushing too hard. Now, look at Bud Light. Bud Light gets woke, goes broke, right? I don't think it has a lot to do with us as the politicos. I think it has more to do with regular people saying no. When we when when they've done weird stuff in the past and people on the right have been like, hey, you know, we should boycott this. Nothing really happened. But now the left has encroached too far with Bud Light. It's really hard to get past this idea that your friends will make fun of you if you drink this beer. And we heard from I think it was Jesse Kelly. He said that it was the first time his neighbors who are normies asked him about politics. It had crossed the line. Now, Target puts this big sexual display in front of their stores, and I'm willing to bet suburban moms went, whoa, I don't want my kids looking at that stuff. Now, the left tries playing this game where they're like, LGBT stuff has nothing to do with sex. What are you talking about? What is uh, what does the L stand for? Lesbian. And what is that a reference to? Two women who want to couple. What about uh, G, gay, two men who want to couple by someone who wants to engage in sexual activities with either males or females? And T for transgender, or I, I think the T meant transsexual, I'm not entirely sure. The point is, all of these, this whole thing is about who you have adult activities with. They're trying to mask it by claiming it doesn't. But it doesn't matter what they claim if a 35 or 40 year old mom walks in with her kids and she's like, cover your eyes. We're leaving the store. I don't want my kid looking at stuff that's telling them who they I'm not ready to have that conversation with my kids. The left makes that argument where they're like, well, but everything else is for straight couples. We don't have mannequins, you know, in stores engaging in suggestive behaviors. We don't have shirts in the front of a Target store saying who you bang. We don't we don't do that. Now, of course, the left makes the arguments that like, what about Hooters? And like, yeah, don't bring your kids to Hooters. What about child beauty pageants? We don't like that. I don't like that. That's creepy and weird. Don't do it. But the idea that because women have boobs, you're sexualizing women. Oh, get out of here. Just because they sell low cut tops or whatever, because women want to look attractive, doesn't it's not the same thing as putting big block letters on a shirt saying, here's who you engage in relations with. So then a child asks the parent, what does that mean, mom? And they say, hey, you know, we don't want any of that stuff, right? Now, it's not all overtly sexual. Some of it's weird ideological stuff that I'm sure parents are mad about. But let's get into the news because we've got a lot of stuff to talk about. Oh, boy, the Daily Beast is freaking out. Target removes pride merch after right-wing media throws hissy fit. Aw, poor babies. Are you upset that Target is 
losing customers, nothing you can do about it. Right wing media throws hissy fit. Keep crying. Here's the news from the Star Tribune. Target pulls some of its pride products after threats to store workers. Oh, spare me. There is no organized right wing threat system. The left has it. The right doesn't. What this really is, it's probably regular people who are just angry with these stores. They say after more than a decade of supporting the LGBTQ community through its annual pride collection, Target pulls some products because of confrontational behavior. Yeah, you're losing. But I thought you were on the right side of history. Oh, no. Target is pulling products. Do you think Target as a corporation is pulling products because um, they're ideologically opposed to the LGBTQ community? No. Do you think they're putting the products there because they support them? No, I don't. I think they're doing it because I think they make money doing it. They're like, this seems to be neutral to positive. Let's do it. Now, all of a sudden, it's massively divisive. And they're like, no, let's not lose money on this one because Target internally, apparently, they're terrified of a Bud Light situation. Take a look at this. Minneapolis retailer Target plans to pull some of its products celebrating Pride Month and the LGBTQ community in response to threats and confrontational behavior it has seen at some stores. So so you mean to tell me in a major urban center where everybody is typically liberal, you're getting confrontations? What do you think that means? Do you think it's the right that's doing it? No, I got to be honest. I won't be surprised if this is liberals doing it. Target has featured a colorful collection of pride apparel, pet accessories and party supplies for years, normally showcasing the assortment at the front of the stores beginning in May to celebrate Pride Month. I don't know what Pride Month is. I know that June is American Greatness Month and that July is MAGA Month. You get two whole months of celebrating by drinking beers and having burgers. What a great month. Pride Month? What does that mean? Typically observed in June to commemorate lesbian, gay, bisexual, and transgender pride. I, I just, I'm never, I've never been a big fan of pride in general. To a certain degree, it's okay, but you know, it's, a, it's one of the seven deadly sins for a reason. You don't want to be too over the top with it, because pride cometh before the fall, right? So uh, I do understand the general idea. They want you to be, I, I don't think pride is the right word that I would want to use for, for how I would describe what you should be saying. You should be, what's the right word? If, if you are of the LGBTQ community, you should be accepting of who you are, But to be proud that you want to engage in adult activities with a certain person just seems weird to me. I don't believe you should be proud of your sexual identity, nor should you be proud of your race. I can certainly understand if you're proud of your history and of activists. That I understand. They say in recent days, there have been reports of some customers trashing the pride section at stores and being aggressive with store workers. Target has also received calls threatening violence on its customer hotline. I really don't believe that, to be honest. Target wasn't immediately able to answer if there had been any direct threats made to its Minneapolis headquarters. They say for more than a decade, Target has offered an assortment of products aimed at celebrating Pride Month. No, get, get out of here with this fake made up garbage. The company said in a statement. Now, I get it. Everything's made up, right? Humans just make things up. But month, if they did like a Pride Day and like this is the day we celebrate these things, I'd be like, I get it. Everybody has a day. But to give yourself a month is just the most egotistical thing. Since introducing this year's collection, we've experienced threats impacting our team members' sense of safety and well-being while at work. Given these volatile circumstances, we are making adjustments to our plans, including removing items that have been at the center of the most significant confrontational behavior. Our focus now is is on moving forward 
with our continuing commitment to the LGBTQIA community and standing with them as we celebrate Pride Month and throughout the year. While Target did not give a list of what particular items it would take off the shelves, the New York Post reported last week that some conservative consumers were outraged about a rainbow-colored, tuck-friendly swimsuit made for those who identify as trans, as well as drag queen t-shirts. In a podcast interview with Fortune last week, Target CEO Brian Cornell doubled down on diversity and what he called Target's culture of helping all families. Quote, I think the facts are in the results for us and the things we've done from a diversity, equity, and inclusion standpoint. It's adding value. It's helping us drive sales. It's building greater engagement with both our teams and our guests. And those are just the right things for our business today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stop buying from Target. Because you know what this man just said to you? He walked up to you, puffed his shirt, flipped his collar, and went, spat right in your face. He said, we get it. We know our customers don't like what's happening with these displays. We're going to remove them from the front of the stores because it's causing us problems. But you know what we're going to do then? We're going to double down. Double down, baby. Wow, Target really wanted to go to war over this. I'm impressed. It takes some bitcoins to spit on your customers after you already admit that you are facing complaints and confrontations over what you're doing. Now, we have this story from the Washington Examiner. Target Pride Month partner boasts about Satanism. Satan respects pronouns. They have the picture here. Look at this. We belong everywhere. Ab Pralin X Target. It really is amazing. If you could make a product line and get it in a Target store, man, you're like guaranteed money. A lot of these, uh, a lot of these companies that launch products that end up becoming extremely wealthy, it's because they get them in big box stores. You may, you know, if we got cast brew coffee in Target or whatever, we would be selling like crazy because you have natural pull. People go there and say, I'll try this coffee, whatever it's coffee. So for this company, designer pride brand or whatever to have uh, Satan respects pronouns and things like that, they're making tons of money because Target, because people go to Target. Here's what we do. Don't go there. I'll just put it this way. If the only store you have in your area is a Target, well, you know, do your thing. But where you can, go somewhere else. Just go anywhere else. You know, to be honest, support local businesses. Go to publicsq.com, download the Public Square app, and then look for businesses that share your values. Maybe Target only sees a small hit to their stock, or I don't know if they're public. I'm assuming they're publicly traded. Maybe they only see their sales go down a little bit, but make it happen. Make their sales go down. Don't go to Target anymore. I, will, I, will, I won't go to Target anymore. That's it. Target, you're done. Here we go. Gavin Newsom. Oh, boy. CEO of Target, Brian Cornell, selling out the LGBTQ plus community to extremists is a real profile in courage. You think a regular mom who walks into a store and says, I don't want to see this is an extremist, Gavin Newsom? This isn't just a couple stores in the South. There is a systematic attack on the gay community happening across the country. Wake up, America. This doesn't stop here. You're black. You're Asian. You're Jewish. You're a woman. You're next. Oh, screw off, you, you slimy, smarmy lizard person. And no media matters. I don't mean that literally. I'm insulting him. I understand he's a human. I'm Asian. Am I worried about this? Oh, no. I'm going to go into a Target and they're going to have what? 
They're going to stop selling chopsticks. They're going to stop selling rice and noodles. No, they're not. Nobody cares about that. I have zero fear about any of this. If Target put a display on, on in the front of the store and it said, like, make an amazing Asian dish with Asian, Asian History Month or whatever, I'd be like, OK. And if a bunch of people were like, hey, we don't want this on the front of the store, I'd be like, I don't care. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm not Asian enough, though. You know, I'm really not at all worried about any of that. You're next. You're a woman. You think Gavin thinks that if they put a woman's display in the front, imagine you walk into a Target and right when you walk in, there's a big display and it says like women's swimwear. You think conservatives are going to go, oh, how dare you sell women's clothing here? Oh, women should be at home. Yeah, right. Dude, nobody cares about that. What they don't want is big, prominent, prominently displayed sexual items. Now, I'm not talking about adult toys or anything like that. I'm saying if a family walks in with their kids to a Target and they then have to explain to their kid what tucking is, they may not want to come back to your store. But if that's what you want, that's what you get. Gavin, you silly, silly person. Here's the funny thing. When you click the tweet from uh, The Hill, here it is. It says Target is removing certain LGBTQ and Pride Month merchandise from its nation, from its stores nationwide after an intense backlash from some customers, including violent confrontations with its workers. Now, I mean, it's obvious. Don't do that. We don't want any violence. That's why I don't think it's a coordinated thing. I think what we're starting to see is regular people saying, stop, stop doing this to my children. Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S. with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S.? They have everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, houseplants, and so much more. Whatever you're interested in, they have it for you. Find the perfect fit for your climate and space. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online, and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. This spring, they have the best deals online, up to half off on select plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code POOL at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at FastGrowingTrees.com using the code POOL at checkout fastgrowingtrees.com code pool offer is valid for a limited time terms and conditions may apply now the funnier thing here is that the hill deleted the article we're sorry 404 error the page you are looking for cannot be found that's kind of weird that it's just gone did they bring it back yeah no it's just gone that's this is not there anymore Normally, they'd put up a notice being like, hey, we took it down for this reason, but they just outright deleted it. I got to tell you, my friends, it's amazing to see that we're winning. The boycotts are working. When y'all team up, you win. Take a look at this from Megan Basham. She says, second update, Target has removed all items from satanic queer designer Ab Pralin from its website. When you search, you can see where the items were. But error returns now when you click on them. Again, if violent confrontations in stores were the issue, there would be no reason to remove them online. And there it is. They're taking the products offline. Why? I bet they saw sales tank. 
right away. And then someone came to them and said, you will end up in a Bud Light situation if you do not back off. Bud Light sales are down nearly 30%. Bud Light is the butt of jokes. It's embarrassing to drink Bud Light. Yeah. And uh, uh, people are, uh, this is from last night, however, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show you. This is Stud Light. I don't know if this was intended to make fun of Bud Light, but Stud Light has a cowboy on it. And I have to wonder if they're making fun of it. It's from a local brewery out here called Harvest Gap. They may have just been making, you know, they may have been around for a while. I don't know. But I saw that and I was like, I can't help but think that they're kind of making fun of uh, Bud Light and the Dylan Mulvaney thing. The point is this. You go to a baseball game and nobody's buying the Bud Light. You go to the liquor stores, they're offering rebates. Bud Light's offering rebates on their beer. They're now offering to buy back expired beer. Oh, that's so cringe. How is it? It's expiring? Man, how long does beer last for? Is there an expiration date on this one? Oh, there is. Uh, no, this is when it was canned on. Oh, last week. Oh, that's really cool, actually. Walk into the store, you get it. It was just kid. I don't know how long beer. Beer lasts for a long time, doesn't it? Bud Light's going to buy back their beer because no one is buying it. And they got sales. I bet a large portion of the sales aren't coming from people, though. They're coming from institutions that are just carrying on their sales. I wouldn't be surprised if next week they're like, Bud Light sales are just gone. Because local bars are like, we can't move the product. So there's a ripple effect. Consumers stop buying, but stores still buy and restock. Once the consumers stop buying, the stores say, well, we haven't moved the product. We're not going to order more. And then you get a ripple effect. Eventually, big venues are probably going to be like, we don't move this stuff. Stop buying it. Just in general. I wonder how far down the sinkhole goes. And I think it's fair to say that Target was experiencing it too. And that's why they're panicking. So my friends, let me just say, when you team up, when you stand up for what you believe in, you win. It is not, the problem is not that evil exists. The problem is that good men do nothing. It's the old famous quote, right? All that is needed for evil to triumph is for good men to do nothing. And that's the thing. Evil can exist all at once. And it's a part of reality in the world. And we resist it. If there was no evil, there'd be no good. It's all relative, right? There's, there's goodness and there is evil. And we find that we do good things. Now, I, I don't necessarily completely agree with that. I think there's no evil. There's still good things because there's like neutral to better. So they're still doing well and doing good. I think what we need to see here is more people doing the passive thing of, yeah, I'll go to Walmart. Now, Walmart's not perfect either. Walmart has their issues, but let's make sure we maximize market competition. Better yet, don't even go to Walmart. Go to other smaller stores. Buy a local. Buy American made. This is how we win. We've long said vote with your dollars. And we just shrugged when it never happened. But now that Bud Light is be has been gutted and is being mocked, make Target the same thing. You shop at Target. Make it laughable. Not everybody can go anywhere else. Target's not, not the same thing as Bud Light. But something hit them hard to where they began to panic. So I wonder if Target does actually feel the pressure. With Bud Light, it's really easy to buy Coors instead. It's really easy to buy Miller or, you know, in this case, the Stud Light that we bought from a local brewery. It is so easy to avoid that garbage beer. Now, Target's a lot harder. You might live in an area and there's nothing else. That's tough. And you can order online. 
And uh, if you do live in an area with more than one locate with more than one store, just don't make Target your destination. You know, personally, I think Target's always a little bit better than Walmart. But if it means sticking it to Target because they want to sell satanic queer stuff to children, yeah, I'll go anywhere else, right? I, I would rather re-wear an old shirt than go to Target to buy a new one. I could order online. I am impressed. I am hopeful. And I think this is great news. What else? What other companies are there that want to play dirty games? What other companies out there want to sell this weird stuff to children? Because that's when we say enough. Now, the big thing the left is pushing back on is they're saying this tuck-friendly clothing wasn't for kids. Okay, yeah, apparently it's not. I don't know. I don't don't really care. They're selling tuck-friendly bathing suits in a section which includes children's products. They're selling children's products with sexualized things on them. Why would you do that? If you're going to do it, then we're going to just outright be like, nah, we're going to go shop somewhere else. So I want to say just a bravo to all the people who just decided not to stop at Target. If the CEO is going to move products, you know what he's saying? It's not you. It's regular people. He's outright saying publicly to the world, to you and I, he still supports all the cult garbage. The reason they're hiding the products is because it wasn't right wingers who did this. It was regular people complaining, which means he knows he can tell you personally he's going to keep doing it. But as long as he hides the products from the general public, he thinks he'll be okay. Spread the word, I suppose. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 4 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out, and we'll see you all then. Oh, it's the, the end of Black Lives Matter. Daily Mail says Black Lives Matter is headed for insolvency after plunging $8.5 million into the red. But founder Patrice Culler's brother was still paid $1.6 million for security services in 2022, while sister of board members earned $1.1 million for consulting. Board member, not members. Consulting. Ah, it was a good run. It was a good run, Black Lives Matter, but uh, you're done. The Daily Mail reports Black Lives Matter national organization is at risk of going bankrupt after its finances plunged $8.5 million into the red last year, while simultaneously handing multiple staff seven-figure salaries. Now, now I, I got to wonder, how do you do that? Seriously, how do you give people seven-figure salaries and not have the money? That's what I got to wonder. Financial disclosures obtained by the Washington Free Beacon show the perilous state of BLM's Global Network Foundation which officially emerged in November 2020 as a more formal way of structuring the civil rights movement. Now, I don't trust that these people had the best of intentions. I think they were making them rich off your backs. But hey, if you're in a cult, far be it from me to tell you how to spend your money. They say that despite the financial controversy and scrutiny, BLM GNF continued to hire relatives of the founder, Patrice Cullors, and several board members. Cullors' brother, Paul Cullors, set up two companies which were paid $1.6 million providing professional security services for Black Lives Matter in 2022. Amazing. Paul Cullors was also one of BLM's only two paid employees during the year, collecting a $126,000 salary as head of security on top of his consulting fees. He is best known as a graffiti artist with no background in security. You'll love to see it. (laughs) Yo, if these people got rich, off of a bunch of dumb people donating to a far-left Marxist cause. Yeah, I ain't shed no tears over it. You know why? You got a million people. Let's say, let's do a hypothetical. You got a million people, each with $1. And they all say, you know, we're going to give that dollar to this this person over here. 
they do. That person over there lights the money on fire. You now have one million Marxists with no dollar. You see my point? If they gave all this money to BLM and BLM just torched it, that is stripping away the resources from people who believe crazy crackpot things or are in a cult. So I'm totally fine with the BLM Global Network Foundation or whatever squandering all of that money away because now we don't have to worry so much about political action committees and hit pieces, ads, lies and manipulation because they wasted it all. You see how that works? It's great. They say Patrice Cullors defended hiring him, saying registered security firms which hired former police officers could not be trusted given the movement's opposition to police brutality. How convenient for all of them. Oh, I love this so much. For the previous year, 2021 tax filings revealed that BLM paid a company owned by Damon Turner, the father of Cullors' child, nearly $970,000 to help produce live events and provide other creative service. Okay, okay, hold on here. This is where I'm actually going to defend Black Lives Matter. That's right. That's right. Because we got to be realistic. Paying a company $970,000 does not mean you gave a person a million bucks. Producing live events, ridiculously expensive. When we put on our event in Austin, Texas, I think it was like $40,000, 40 grand. And this was like us showing up to a bar and hanging out. No joke. We had to get flights for a lot of people. We had to get accommodation. That was expensive. We had to rent the venue. I don't know if we turned a profit from that event. This is why we sold tickets at the rate we did. I think they were like 70 bucks or something. We're doing an event in Miami, and this one's going to be more expensive. And we think we'll probably sell out. But, yo, we're not putting on these events to turn a profit. We don't need to do that. That's like not a good business to be in. We're doing it to create cultural hotspots in key moments and to have a physical presence in many places. So with the plan for the Miami show, we may actually this time around make some money. Often what companies will do to make money on, make money on an event is sell sponsorships. So maybe we can sell some sponsorships for the event, which will then put us in the black. You don't want to be in the red. We don't want to waste money. We don't want to overcharge people. But uh, just understand, it's expensive. So when I see that they paid this dude a million bucks, I'm kind of like, hey, yeah, 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 dude, if you really did put on live events, that stuff is expensive, especially if you're doing bigger venue stuff. That being said, I'm not saying they're all completely innocent. They're still hiring their friends and family to do it. Colors resigned in May 2021. While Patrice Cullors was forced to resign due to cha uh, charges of using BLM's funds for her personal use, it looks like she's still keeping it all in the family, said Paul Kaminar, an attorney for the National Legal and Policy Center Watchdog Group. Shalomia Bowers, who took over from Cullors when she resigned, also benefited handsomely from the group. In 2022, his consultancy firm was paid $1.7 million for management and consulting services, the Free Beacon reported. And the sister of former Black Lives Matter board member Raymond Howard was also employed in a lucrative role as a consultant. Danielle Edwards' firm, New Impact Partners, was paid $1.1 million for consulting services in 2022, the Free Beacon said. BLM GNF also agreed to pay an additional $600,000 to an unidentified former board member's consulting firm in connection with a contract dispute. You know, I really think all of this consulting is just a trick. Hollywood is under siege, covertly compromised by a global adversary. The same Hollywood that sold the American dream to the world is now making nightmares a reality. The American way of life is being censored by the Chinese Communist Party. Some films have scenes completely altered. Other films have lost their funding or been canceled altogether. Some actors have been banned from China for supporting human rights. 
Hollywood Takeover is a documentary brought to you by the Epoch Times, revealing how the CCP has infiltrated major movie studios. Join Chris Fenton, a former Hollywood executive, and Tiffany Meyer, an investigative news reporter, through their journey in exposing how the film industry gradually lost its integrity on its path to profits. Don't miss the most important documentary ever made about Hollywood. For a limited time, watch the first 10 minutes for free on HollywoodTakeover.com slash Tim. That's HollywoodTakeover.com slash T-I-M. I don't trust it. It's like the easiest way to funnel money out of a company. It's like, oh, they were consulting us. Yeah, 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 dude, I don't buy it. But I know far be it from me to accuse BLM of any wrongdoing. I am curious how they went negative $8.5 million. The nonprofit group ran an $8.5 million deficit, and its investment accounts fell in value by nearly $10 million in the most recent tax year. So it's actually really simple. Basically, what happens is if they have 50 million bucks in the bank, and, they're, and they bring in $10 million a year, but then they spend $18.5 million. They have the savings and they run an $8.5 million deficit, putting them in the red. That's how it would work. Or something like that. The group logged a $961,000 loss on a securities sale of $172,000, suggesting the group sustained an 85% loss on the transaction. Further details of that security have not been shared. And the cash flowing into BLM's coffers has dropped dramatically. Donations plunged by 88% between 21 and 2022, from 77 million to just 9.3 million for the most recent financial year. 77 million dollars. Man. You know, look, a fool and his money is easily and soon to be separated. Patrice Cullors, who had been at the helm of Black Lives Matter Global Network Foundation for nearly six years, stepped down in May 2021 amid anger at the group's financial decisions and perceived lack of transparency. A year later, in May 2022, it was revealed BLM spent more than $12 million on luxury properties in L.A. and in Toronto, including a $6.3 million, 10,000 square foot property in Canada that was purchased as part of an eight of, of $8 million out of country grant. Brilliant. The Toronto property was bought with grant money that was meant for activities to educate and support black communities and to purchase and renovate property for charitable use. If they bought the property for charitable use, I don't see anything wrong here. I want to I want to make sure I'm very careful, dude. You see these big numbers and people are like, ah, look, they're stealing. No, 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 dude, dude, dude. It is more expensive than you realize to run a business. No joke, especially for trying to develop new areas. It is expensive. The one thing I have concerns about, though, is, is BLM a legitimate cause? Yeah, I don't think so. I think it's Marxist garbage masquerading as civil rights. Do they actually intend to do right? Yeah, I I think they're working on what they believe they're working on. I think they're probably masquerading as civil rights, but really just Marxist. They'll probably call it the same thing. And then they're hiring their friends and family members to enrich themselves. You see how that works? Look, I don't think any of this stuff is illegal. I think it's just eye-rolly, run-of-the-mill politics. You get a bunch of money, you hire your friends and family, your friends and your family get rich. You say, we're going to create a community center. So you buy yourself a 10,000 square foot, multi-million dollar property, and then you set up a studio on the first floor or something, and you got the rest all to yourself. Come on. These people live in luxury, and we get it. We get it. I don't fault nonprofits for being successful at all. I don't care about any of this in the end. I think it's funny that they're basically on the verge of insolvency and bankruptcy. Sure, great, whatever. 
But if somebody runs a business and people donate to it, that's their business. Welcome to capitalism. You may not like Black Lives Matter, but they're certainly allowed to do what they do and spend the money as they see fit. The story here, I don't think offends anybody who gave money to Black Lives Matter. When when it was that Bannon, Bannon and that guy did that build the wall thing, and then they criminally charged the guy because he took his salary when he said he wasn't going to do it. I'm like, yeah, he probably shouldn't have done that. But do you think anybody who donated actually cared? Nope. But they'll come after you. So I'll just put it this way. If they're going to go after Bannon, this other guy, because of uh, the build the wall stuff, I expect to see the federal government go after BLM for much the same way. If this is equality under the law, then so be it. But I got to be honest, I don't think they will. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 6 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out. And I'll see you all then. The North Face, the latest in a line of companies that want to get woke and go broke. The Daily Wire tweets out the North Face launches Summer of Pride with new drag spokesperson Patagonia. These woke companies can't help themselves. It's true. They did this. But my friends, you need to understand they've been doing this from what is this? Teton Gravity Research. Patagonia and the North Face team up for Summer of Pride. This is a video from last year. Last year, Pat, uh, North Face launched this uh, this campaign, I guess. They want to have this uh, drag queen promote their product. There's a lot to say about this. The first thing I'll say is, for the most part, I don't care. I really do mean it. There's a big difference between Dylan Mulvaney marketing things to kids and Target putting this big display up with tuck-friendly bathing suits and children's wear. And I'm like, dude, not not for the kids. Now, as for this, I'll tell you, if a company wants to have drag queens promote their product, I'm not really all that mad about it. No, I got to be honest. I, I, whatever. Market your, your product or whoever you think is going to buy it. I got to be honest. I don't want to buy it now, right? Your, your ad is off-putting to me, but I am not outraged by it. You know what I mean? Like with the Target stuff, I'm like, hey there, Target, what are you doing? The satanic images, like what is this all about? With uh, Bud Light and Dylan Mulvaney, I'm like, you're promoting the algorithmic crisis and this person's marketing beer to kids. Come on. With the, with the North Face thing in Patagonia, I'm like, no, I don't care. But it's like reverse marketing because I got no problem wearing the North Face but if this is what you're associated with when you do it, like that, that look, I don't, I don't do that here. Like, I don't care what you guys do, but I don't do that here. So it's kind of like this uh, live and let live kind of thing. But I got to I got to be honest. As also, I, I'm a little bit I'm a little bit over the whole live and let live thing, to be completely honest. What I mean by that is, yo, I don't I don't really care if you're going to do this kind of stuff and you're going to have these uh, summer of pride, you know, drag North Face things. But I'm going to just say from this point forward, you do you. But for the longest time, we have tolerated too much. Too much. I really do mean it. Look, let me explain. I don't mind tolerance of a person who's different from me. That, that's a completely normal thing. And, and actually, I, I think diversity is good. But like real diversity, not the fake cult diversity. I think different people of different backgrounds, different worldviews. It's a decentralized perspective. I think there could be good in that so long as your overarching culture adheres to certain principles and moral framework and uh, uh, certain rights. So if a person wants to be a drag queen, do whatever they want. Yeah, I don't don't really care. Here's the problem. We tolerated it to the point where they started engaging in overt sex acts in public. Yep. That's just true. There have been sexualized behavior. I'm not saying like 
full on getting it on at pride events or anything like that. No, I'm saying like simulated grinding these drag shows where they thrust into each other with children present. Like, yeah, I don't tolerate that. And I feel like we get to this point because of the big ask. They come out and they say, we just want you to accept us for who we are. And we're like, no, look, we may not like what you do, but you can do your thing. It's America. Now they're at the point where they're push. They've pushed the boundaries so far. They're marketing it to kids. They're putting on weird sex show displays. And it's like, okay, all right. No, you've gone too far on this one. Okay. I am not going to just sit back and say, we tolerate this at this point. My attitude is simply this North Face. I'm never buying your product again, not just because your marketing is off putting to me, but because I actually think companies should see customers leave when they engage in this behavior, because we're going to push back on y'all have crossed the line. Y'all crossing the line. I'm going to say, no, 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 go back, go back, go back. Look, me, traditional liberal, you got to get married, you have kids, do all that stuff, really don't care. I think it's better that a kid has two dads or two moms as opposed to being like in a single parent household or not having parents at all. Many Christians and conservatives disagree. But I'll tell you where I'm at right now. I'm not about to get behind these campaigns because I know what it's pushing. I know what it's leading to. So if we come out, we say, stop grooming kids, and then they lie and say they're not doing it. Well, that's not effective. So you know what? I'll, I'll, I'll give you an analogy. I talked about it the other day. You ever play the game Overwatch? Let me explain. This is a video game for those that aren't familiar. I think a lot of you probably are where uh, there's different game modes, but it's mostly a team based first person shooter game. Your team has five people, their team has five people. And then you try to like either take control of a, of a point like capture. There's also like capture the flag kind of games. So let's say you're playing on a battlefield and there's control point A and control uh, control point uh, B. And your team is trying to take control point A. Both teams clash in the middle. And they're fighting each other nonstop. And because they're fighting in the middle, no one is taking the point. This is one of the most frustrating things when I'm playing Overwatch. Here's, my, here's what I do. I take the character D.Va. Okay, she, she has jet thrusters. I fly over the enemy team, land on the point, and then just defend it myself. It's really annoying when the team you're on doesn't know how to rush the point. But you're better off fighting there in the video game than in the middle of the battlefield. This forces the enemy team to retreat to the point, and that pulls your entire team forward. You see my point? Here's what I'm saying. If we keep the culture war on this front of don't cross the line with kids and they keep doing it, we're not gaining ground. You know, you do. You rush past and you say, no, North Face, we will not support your weird pride event thing. Sorry. That's where I draw the line. Say, now we're going to boycott you and Target and Bud Light. Because you want to do this. And you know what that will do? It will force them to retreat back to this argument. And we will push right past the weird grooming kids stuff. That will just get wiped out. No more of that. No more weird kids stuff. Let's keep the focus. Let's push them back. Push the line. Forward the line. So it, let me just explain, I suppose. Simply. Simply. I really don't care if an adult man wants to dress up like a woman and prance around and do whatever they want. I care that they have normalized it in the major cor in, in, in corporations, in stores, and they're pushing it in front of children and doing and, and this is this is overtly sexualized behavior. It's inappropriate. This drag queen stuff, it's inappropriate. They're claiming that it's just costumes and all that. Nah, look, it's opening the door to all of this weird stuff because it is inherently sexualized. 
If a dude walks down the street and talks about his stamp collection, not sexualized. If a dude walks down the street dressed like a woman with big fake boobs, that is sexualizing behavior. One thing, if, if a guy dressed up like a T-Rex, not sexualized. Drag queen, sexualized. You see the difference? The left tries to make the argument, it's not, it's not. Mm, it, it is. It is. For the longest time, many traditional liberals like myself said, you know what? Adults can do what adults want to do, right? You know, you want to have a little club and you want to dance around on stage for other adults and stuff. Yeah, I don't really don't care. Um, in fact, I'm very libertarian. You want to do drugs? Yeah, I don't care. I think we're better off having treatment clinics as opposed to prisons for the drug problem. And if we legalize a lot of drugs, but they could only be done in certain in like, imagine this. This is my view on drugs. Let's say instead of making crack, cocaine, heroin, all these things illegal, we created government run or regulated facilities. I know a government run probably sounds scary, but let's just say regulated facilities where people could come to legally do these drugs, but only under observation. That would get all of this rampant drug use off the streets. It would put an end to drug uh, gangs and cartels. And it would make sure that there is a limit. Someone's going to be like, well, I could go find some street junk, but it's cheaper here and it's nicer and cleaner. You know what that means? You can't compete with it. You can't compete with government subsidies. So anyway, my, my, my point mostly is I'm very libertarian. If, if adults want to go do this stuff, but when you start putting it in ads for children's clothing, when you start making books about it and sending it to kids, I'm like, y'all are crossing the line now. And they don't care they're crossing the line. They lie, cheat and steal and accuse us of being wrong because we're saying leave kids alone. And I say, you know what? Fine. We forward the line. Now you want to run these programs. I'm boycotting you outright. We won't we won't service or, or patronize any business that wants to do even this. And it looks like that's what is happening. The Daily Wire pointing it out. A bunch of people now upset over something that they were doing a year ago. Because I think many people have finally said, I have had enough. Enough. I don't care, drag queen dude, that you do that. Live and let live. You're an adult. Go live. Two dads want to have a kid. I got no issue with that. Better than the kid being homeless or even with a single parent. But you have pushed the line so far. I am just fed up and I will not give the benefit of the doubt to far left ideologues who are targeting children. And they admit they're doing it. They admit they're doing it. The lie that they push. It was it, a great example. Lance from the Surfs came on the show and he says the right finally admits that grooming is a reference to queer to, to uh, indoctrinating children into a queer lifestyle, which they view as sexual. And it's like finally admits that's been the whole argument. You see, they are arguing something totally different. They accept that they're doing that. You get it? That's literally what they're doing. So I say no. I say not anymore. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up in a few minutes. Stick around and I'll see you all shortly. In this video posted by Clown World, a man goes on to explain why he's very happy that his wife's boyfriend is happy. Oh, man, you got to see this one. Someone commented, does your wife's boyfriend enjoy these videos? This man then goes on to explain in great detail why, in fact, his wife's boyfriend does and how he's very good friends with his wife's boyfriend. I'm going to show you this video. But the purpose of this video that I'm doing here is to explain to you, you're not insulting this guy. He's happy about this. And when the left calls the right wing conservative people or, or religious folk virgins, they're like, oh, thank you. You're not insulting them. The divide is so entrenched that people don't even realize they're not actually insulting each other anymore. 
which has very interesting ramifications in the culture war, which I want to elaborate on. But first, let me play for you this video. Is it going to play? There reads, does your, this comment reads, does your wife's boyfriend enjoy these videos? Well, first of all, I don't have a wife. I have a spouse. They're non-binary, and we don't use gendered language in this household. Their partner is also non-binary and doesn't use gendered language. So, yes, to answer your question, my spouse's partner does enjoy these videos. In fact, my spouse's partner and I are very good friends. I've known them longer than my spouse has. Uh, me, my spouse's partner, and my spouse's partner's partner were all in Scotland not that long ago for a lovely vacation. It's called ethical non-monogamy. I'm going to pause right there and just point out the word partner means either a pair of people engaged together, either of a pair of people engaged together in the same activity. Okay, this means your spouse cannot have a partner because now you're tri tri partners or something. You get it? You, your partner is your spouse. That's it. That, that, that's it. You could, whatever. If your wife has a partner, that means pair. These people, have, they've completely lost their minds, but let me just keep playing. Or polyamory. Maybe you've heard of it. I don't know why you think this is an insult in any way, shape, or form. Listen, just because your sense of masculinity is so fragile that it would lose out to tissue paper and durability test doesn't mean mine is. Ah, right there. You see, there you go. I don't know why you think that would be an insult, my friend. Clearly, he was hurt by the wife's boyfriend thing, but let's play more. Anyway, half a day. Half a day. Half a day. I'd like to just point out the logical inconsistency once again real quick. He says he doesn't have a wife's boyfriend because they don't use gendered language, which is just creepy cult behavior. And I think most people upon seeing this would be like, this man's in a cult. Imagine if someone was like, we don't, we don't use nouns in this household, only verbs. And you're like, but you, you, liter you literally just use nouns and that's like, what? What you're saying makes literally no sense. So he says, my wife's partner, your wife is paired up with someone else. Then they're, how, how are they, how are, then, then they're not paired up with you. These people have no idea what they're talking about. You see, what they have is an amalgam of nonsensical ideas they've mashed together that only makes sense if you agree to use words to mean certain. Like, if, it only makes sense if you just understand the flow system, meaning in a core language, a logical system, you can present it to a person who you've never met and they can begin to understand it. But there are certain things with language that are much harder to understand without some cipher. The Rosetta Stone was a great tool in us translating hieroglyphics because it was the stone that translated, I think it was like Greek and Egyptian and something else, or the hieroglyphics. Now, it is widely believed that we would have still been able to, uh, to decipher hieroglyphics either way, because you can look at references to certain things and see like, here's a, a menu for food, you know, and it's got these symbols on it. We can figure it out. The Rosetta Stone just basically sped everything up. But in a logical system, say binary, you would be able to communicate with a person who understands the logical system of binary, kind of like it being its own language. For these people, they say things that do not have a logical structure. They don't actually come together except in their own minds. They know what the word references. So if you go to a regular person and say, my wife's partner, they're going to be like, huh? Partner means two, a pair. 
your wife having a partner. How is she your wife then? What does that even mean? To them, they understand it because they give new definitions to these words to fit their own twisted, broken logic. Or I shouldn't say broken logic, I should say logic lack thereof. They've created a system where they can communicate using language in ways that make literally no sense to anybody who actually speaks the language. Now, as for the insulting part about all of this, this is what I really wanted to get to. This guy's not insulted for the most part. You can tell that he's a little, a little irked when he says, I don't know why your masculinity is so threatened by this. He's trying to strike back to insult someone because they insulted him. I don't think he's insulted that someone said wife's boyfriend. I think he's more so insulted that you would try to disrespect him. And so he returns fire. Yo, a dude whose wife has a boyfriend cannot insult my masculinity. Like, that's just not possible. So when this guy's like, "Mm, my wife's partner, uh, I'm secure in my masculinity. Why aren't you? Yours is tissue paper. I'm just like, dude, that means nothing coming from you. Nothing. And I got to be honest, I I don't really think there is a circumstance where anybody of any stature can insult my masculinity because I don't even know or care what you think. That's just it. And probably the most masculine thing you can do is just be yourself, uh, strive every day to be better. But these people, they're not insulted by this stuff. So when you go online and you insult it, we know what's really happening. It's a it's it's a virtue signal. When someone says to this guy, your wife's boyfriend, you know, they don't care. But someone else may see you having said it and then be like, ha yeah, high five, wife's boyfriend. Just like when they call Ben Shapiro an incel. This is my favorite. These woke media people are like, Ben Shapiro is a king of the incels. And I'm like, the man is married and has children. <laughs> it's like the inverse, the opposite of an incel. They just say it. It makes no sense. But a better example is when they call devout individuals, either Jewish or Christian, they call them virgins. They did that to Ben Shapiro. They made fun of Ben Shapiro. They were like, ha, ah, you're, you're a virgin until you got married. And he was like, right, that's what we actually tell people to do. Like, I, I don't understand. It's, you're, you're trying to insult someone by advocate, by, by telling them that they do a thing that they publicly announce they do. It just makes no sense. But you get it? Just like it makes no sense to insult a Christian or Jewish person because they're a virgin, it makes no sense to insult a soy boy because his wife has a boyfriend. They say it's what I really love about the whole polyamory thing is that it serves literally no purpose, bro. You don't have a spouse. You don't. You just have a group of people who bang each other. That's it. And this is the this is the thing about their logic. And, And you know what? I tweeted this earlier. I blame Ronald Reagan. I think maybe only Woodrow Wilson has done more to destroy this country than he did. And a lot of people are like, is this a joke, Tim? What's the joke? Don't insult Ronald Reagan. Dude, no-fault divorce, immigration, gun control? Get out of here. No-fault divorce was like going right to the root of the plant and just dumping poison on it. Marriage is a lifelong contract between you and another person so that you can build a life together, have a family, right? When you remove, when you say no-fault divorce, you just eliminated marriage. Ronald Reagan took the concept of marriage and ripped it to shreds, set it on fire, and then pissed all over it. In order for a contract to exist, to, for a marriage to exist, there has to be social enforcement. If two people say, till death do us part, there it goes. Now, divorce is still possible without no-fault divorce, meaning if a, if a man is abusive, if a woman is cheating, then you can be like, you know, they call it cheating for a reason. Cheating. 
We have a contract together. You violated that contract. Now there's, I am unhappy in this marriage, so let's just end it. There's no marriage then. Marriage is supposed to be a binding contract. If we've eliminated contractual obligations in marriage, then there's no marriage anymore. You're just dating. And that's why so many people get married and divorced. How many celebrities like they were married one year and divorced the next because they're not really getting married. They're just dating. Which brings me to this guy, bro. You don't have a spouse. You don't have a wife. It's just some lady you're dating and she's dating other people at the same time. That's it. The funny thing is back in the day, dating didn't involve sex. Women would date multiple men because it just meant going to dinner on a date. Then they'd go home, smile, shake hands or hug or whatever. And that was it. Then eventually they'd be going steady, meaning they would be dating the person regularly going out on dates until they decided we should live. We should spend our lives together. Now you have guys like this who are just like, here's a lady that I'm hooking up with. And here's a guy that he hooks up, you know, that she hooks up with. And we're all good friends. OK, great. Call it polyamory. Call it whatever you want. You're just a group of people who bang each other. There's not there's nothing there. Even if you agree in the short term, we are going to have an agreement based on how we live our lives or whatever. There's no marriage just because you're like, I plan to date you for a long time. That's not marriage. Marriage is when you agree till death do us part and we have gotten rid of it. But anyway, I digress. My point here, ultimately, you can't insult somebody who's not living the way you want them to live. Like they don't care. You can call this guy a soy boy. He's going to laugh. And then he's going to go have a three way with his wife's boyfriend. And they've chosen to do that. You're not insulting someone by saying, haha, you're doing a thing you proclaim to do. Just like when they do it to the right. I think there's interesting ramifications there in that we are clearly two distinct tribes of people. And where that goes, I don't know, conflict. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 8 p.m. tonight over at youtube.com slash timcastirl. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then.